start. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Saints Radio. I was waiting for you to translate me, Monica. Oh, which language would you like for me to uh, do just, that in? Just do it in tongues. Just, oh, okay. You know, if these saints are really, if they're really close to the Lord, they'll understand it. But you should speak in tongues, and I should interpret. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be great? Hmm. Well, it's wonderful to be able to reach out to our Saints Network family once again, and we welcome you into this, another episode of Saints Radio. As you can see, Monica is here in person today, and across this sacred desk. It's so funny, I was I was on a Zoom call last week with this prophetic group of women that I'm I'm involved with in California and after our our discussions that that were that were necessary we took about 30 minutes to have a time of prophecy over one another and with the exception of the leadership team I don't know these other women I I've never met them this is the first zoom call I've actually been on with them and so there was the five other women, and um, <laughs> before we started, so somebody addressed me about something, and I said, I, I jokingly said, you know what, I think I'm just going to prophesy in tongues. Would that be okay with you all? And I, their eyes got about this big around, like, what are you talking about? Oh <laughs> I know. Sometimes I don't think we realize how unique we are. And how even, you know, those that are spiritual around us that are seeking the Lord and pursuing his heart and walking in the spirit of prophecy, it, it's that's still not the norm. Mm-hmm. And yet this is a message God has called us to bring. So um, one day I know that that message is going to be laid out for them and it'll be a they, it, their eyes won't be so big. <laughs> Or maybe their eyes will get bigger. <laughs> maybe their eyes will be open. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you there know, you it's, it's so, it's been a unique couple of days. Um, I, you know, this past Sunday, I, I got up to speak and I was just, the two hours before, I was just, downloaded on by the Spirit, which is wonderful. But I was hadn't really even processed much of what I had been receiving, and so I, I got up and just scattershot from what God poured out, and then after for like three hours, I felt I'm going somewhere with this. I felt awful because I thought Lord, I know this is the way you do things. This is what you poured out. Um, But I feel like there were like eight messages and five of them were things that are beginning in this season that we're all in the new land in. And it probably wasn't fair of me to, to do what I did. But I don't know what other choice there was. But the point is, though, about tongues... The thing that was so clear to me is that we are where we are right now because of diversities of tongues. And the role of that in 
how God unveils his mystery. The, these, these big picture uh, apocalypto things that God is unveiling right now have been uncovered because of the process of musterion, which comes through us praying through the Spirit in tongues. So whatever we do, it's like the laborers in speaking in tongues. Whatever we do in that before the Father, exercising what he created us to be, speaking in these mysteries, just bit by bit we grow and we develop and we're strengthened and we learn but bit by bit it 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 opens the the veil that surrounds this bigger picture mystery of the lord and you know so i just finished just very simply talking in, to the french about ephesians 3 and romans 16 and how paul says basically the same thing about what I'm giving to you has not been known since the foundation of the world. It's, it's prophetically and apostolically discerned. And um, it's only by the grace of God that I can do this. But it is the overall apocalypto that is being manifested through the mysterion. He says the same thing both places. And he said it's under the auspices of the only wise God. And I think that this gift that was given at Pentecost and then diversities of tongues, which is the specialist gift of grace, is what God uses to unveil what he's hidden. And, you know, I was thinking about what the enemy said to Eve about... Um, why don't you just go ahead and eat this... Tobin raw and basically eliminate this daily process that you have with God. He's holding out on you because he knows that if you eat of this tree over here, which is basically an enemy thing, that your eyes are going to be totally opened and this process of, of revelation is going to be over and you're going to see fully Basically, that's what he was talking about. The process of obedience and being in the Spirit every day and having progressive measures of res revelation is done. And But the thing that I... the thing that So, this business of God hiding was there. And what did they do after they felt remorse for disobeying? They hid themselves. They went into the process of what was hidden because that's what they had known. Nobody had ever hidden anything before but God. And God was revealing that. So the only thing they had been trained to do was to participate in the hidden things of God and daily in the, in the Ruach of the day have him come down and talk to them. The enemy took that away and then they did what they did. So I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, you talked about tongues and it is really weird. I mean, these are spiritual women and they're good women. I know they are. You wouldn't be associating with them. And they're asking for, for teaching on intercession and prophetic intercession. And 
And, you know, they're hungry for it. It's just not something, it's not a revelation that's well known. Yeah. But, you know, as, as you talk, I, I'm having a little bit of a hard time right now because, you know, the things that, what happened on Sunday was so real and you talk about being faithful in prayer and, and dwelling in the spirit. I walked into the sanctuary this morning and I, I, I have, I feel like I've been in this place since then. But when I walked into the sanctuary this morning, into my place here, it's like I stepped into a space that was a space in the Lord where I don't really have an explanation for it. It's just a space he's called me to occupy in his presence in this moment. That I know that he's going to, you know, if I'm faithful in that place, in the mysterion, Mm -hmm. as an intercessor, whether or not, I mean, my spirit is praying all the time, but. I guess my point is, is that this is where we are and it is, it's almost like if I can, if I can say this, this is what I've been waiting for. I mean, it's like you talk about Anna in the temple waiting for the, the son of God to come. I feel like this is what we've been waiting for. And it's all about his presence. And yet I have no explanation. I have no revelation to give you today. I have no scriptures to throw out. You know, I, it's just it's just me being. And well, you like know. I, I almost when you walked by, I almost grabbed your leg because I thought if I don't grab hold of something, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. <laughs> I thought I was just going to get. Um, I don't know. I just didn't know. Yeah. It's an uh, it's such an unknown. You know what I mean? So, well, anyway. this is more of an in-house thing. So, but those of you who are part of us and you've been here, you'll experience. You'll know what. Oh, this is our calling, um, our our place. That that area over near where the piano is 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 basically a a juncture point of um, the pillar of the Lord into the temple. It's where the Lord appeared that time when um, the It Is Jesus thing where I was singing and describing him standing there. It's also in adjacent to, I think the Council of Seven has tried to use that, um, that, that, that pillar, that, that, that stelos, in the past because we've seen them there we don't see them there anymore they've kind of pulled back from but the point is is that 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 place i noticed um on saturday has expanded it's it's open and i fully expect you know and and adjacent to that was a time when we were first praying in the overflow room (coughs) where uh, so many of the the cloud of witnesses from Samuel to 
Solomon. Well, Solomon to some degree. I still the jury's still out on what God's doing with him. David, we we would see these Moses. They come through, and one time we saw Michael standing there during an at, a time of prayer. Uh, there was some kind of war and contesting. <coughs> the point I'm saying is that the kingdom is coming. Uh, it's been coming. We've had a seed of uh, of the kingdom. We've been faithful in the smaller things. And now in God's <coughs> timing, it's, it's, it's expanding and it's opening. And that's, that's very, very interesting because we know, you know, grace and truth came through Jesus. And <coughs> really what Luke said, all that Jesus started at the beginning, he did and then he taught. That's what we do. We begin something. We, in the Lord, we're faithful in it. We do it. And then we teach it. We, we make disciples. But that's also the process that Simeon spoke about. He talked about Anna and the profound thing she said. Simeon comes in and he says, this is the be." The light is going to shine through the Gentiles because of the apocalypto that this child is going to bring an initiation into. And we've been living these things. And I just think it's so it's so amazing because I felt I feel like God this particular thing is now opening. He he's 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 opening it. And, but it's stuff that we've learned, it's stuff that we've been faithful in, but now it's operational in an in a open way. And it's ignited three or four other parts of God's end time <coughs> table. And it, it's interesting, and I, you know, we haven't really had a discussion about this, but yesterday morning I was praying and I felt the Lord said, I felt this in my spirit. It should be obvious to you that this coming seminar should be called The Presence. Mm. And I I was actually at a place getting my tire repaired. <laughs> I had been here praying and then I skedaddled over to the place that I could get it fixed. It was a flat. Well, that's that's something that's so interesting to me about this the timing of all this is that I, I don't know I don't know where everybody else is. I don't know other than what I hear what you choose to share from with me. But um in the natural this is, I mean, these days have been the most demanding, mm -hmm. the most tumultuous, the most challenging in so many different ways. And, and, and so I think about it, and I did mention this on Sunday when I was speaking with the, the French people on Saturday. We were, we were talking about Psalm 23, and we got to the part about he prepares that the table before us in the yes. presence of our enemies. Yes. And the reality of that was, yes, because I know the table has been so significant to me over this last season. And yet I also recognize the fact of where that table is positioned 
And I've had to learn to have fellowship with him in the deepest way at that table and to partake of him in the power of the table in the midst of that place. But yet, right after that, he says, my, my rod and my staff will comfort you. And that's Nakam, which we've studied this last year. But, you know, that rod is, it's his chastening. It's his refining. It's his perfecting us. But then the staff is also his, you know, his governing and his, his protecting us. And so I just think this is where we are. And it is positioned in the presence of the Council of Seven, in the presence of our enemies. But, but you know, he prepares me in the presence, in a table, at the presence of his enemies. But you are with me. And that's his presence. And that is what, it's like, it's like the revelation of his presence, even though we know his presence. We've been dwelling in his presence. It has been everything to us for so many years. But there's something about the revelation and the manifestation of his presence in this hour that is so prolific for the end times and for where we are as a people and how we survive it, how we triumph in it, how we lean on him for everything in the midst of it. Because at that table is every measure of providence that we need. And we just have to learn how to draw from that. And so... There's just so there's just so much and it's hard to even like for me right now to even think that I'm like sitting in a chair and I'm not just like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's I don't know. Sometimes it's just hard to explain. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was just looking at uh now I have to look at this deeper, but just on surface, that verse that you referenced that we've all quoted, it's part of songs, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. What it looks like is it basically says there is a table prepared in his presence, in his presence. And the enemy there is encroachment. Uh, distress, pressure, fear, uh, challenge, yeah, anxiety, all of those things, disappointment. But it's, <clears throat> the presence is not in conjunction with the enemy. The presence is there with the table and the and the what all he has um, when these things are going on around us. So the essence is his presence, not the presence of the enemy. And that's the thing I think that just like got me on Saturday because when I was reading it, it's like I got to that verse and I and when when I said it, it's like his presence just came into the center of all of it. And you realize when his presence comes, it try I mean, it trumps everything. Mm-hmm. It it's the center of everything and that's where I want to be. I want to be in his presence. Whatever else goes on around us, we he will he will provide what we need. Mm-hmm. He will, and and yet, like you just said, that is so prolific. That is, that's the center, and and I love the fact that David, who wrote the psalm, you know, it's it's so poetic, and it's it's probably the most 
famous psalm that's ever been read, right? Mm-hmm. It's on people's walls. It's in T-shirts. It's pillows. It's. But the reality of it is David was a shepherd. And, and you know, so culturally and in every other way, he understood what he was saying, what that meant about the Lord being that shepherd for us. And, yeah, it's just, it's it's very prolific. Anyway. No, that's that's good and um, it's just it, to me from from an analytical perspective and you know me and nuts and bolts yeah. no matter how <laughs> deep the nuts and bolts are coming um, it's like God at this time is showing us intricacies of who he is in a way that we've not seen using the scripture but he's eliminating the living word to show us and that's quite an honor you know last night and then early this morning I started a study about uh, how the glory moves and the distinguishing between his presence (coughs) and the glory and I was studying about how that Ezekiel saw the glory in the first part of his of his writings I think it's around chapter 8 or so but it's in the first part and then in I think it's 41 the glory comes again only the glory is returning back into the temple so the first part was when the glory with all of that, you know, the the wheels and, you know, the cherubs and, you know, it's coming into the earth. But then in 41 or thereabouts, um, forgive me, I was studying this in the dark with my phone glowing at about 4.30 this morning, so I didn't write anything down. But it talks, it shows the glory coming back into the temple, but then you see the juxtaposition of the presence of God. So... This is Ezekiel. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, but I'm, I'm looking... You know, what, what we've... What the Lord's shown us about the glory from the initial stage is accurate. It just is. But now the movement of the glory is something that God is really highlighting or, in, or beginning to highlight in a study how the glory moves not we, we've already established scripturally what it appears how it appears what it essentially is for those those things have not changed and those basically came by I remember when I, I it's hard to distinguish between the voice of God and the voice of an angel that's appointed by God mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that voice clearly said the phrase that we've said over and over again it was, it was a resolute word. The glory comes to do something that God has never revealed. And it comes upon people that choose to partner with him and represent it. That was it. And so we established that. We studied the scripture to verify it. But now to come back upon that, and I think that the probably the reason is, is that To, to, to recognize how the glory moves um, is, is essential for us, biblically, scripturally. 
and so it's it's just interesting what God's releasing right now. But you're right. I mean, these are some odd times. So when when they were moving through the wilderness and they had the cloud by day and the fire by night, that was his glory. The cloud that that cloud was his glory. It was a demonstration of a factor of his glory. Okay. It was more. It was, it was more a weaponry of of his glory because then, you know, the people I, again. I I wasn't there. You but weren't. That the people, <laughs> the people, would describe what the glory looked like on the top of the mountain, and what what it would look like and sound like when Moses was up there, and. They didn't, they made a distinguishing in their descriptives about that as opposed to the pillar of fire and the cloud. So I happen, I have to think that, you know, the, the fire, which was a weapon, you know, it kept the chariots back. Uh, and the cloud, which was a weapon against the elements and the, you know, the wilderness sun and the heat. Um, that was a it was a by it was a factor of his glory. So the things that you read through the Old Testament, not to give you a quiz or anything, but because this has always been something that I've been fascinated by, just the manifestation of the presence of God, mm-hmm. the burning bush, probably also the same thing. I mean, just a manifestation of the presence of God, or was it an angel of the Lord? Well, it's just both, really. And then, of course, the glory, the train that filled the temple and with Isaiah, the water that flooded in the temple with Ezekiel that went up to the, you know, kept. Those are all manifestations of his presence, but not necessarily his glory. Yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> fine line between the two, but there is a differentiation between them. And some people say, well, what, what difference does it make as long as I feel God and I'm going to be in heaven with him through eternity? Well, go on ahead and go then. <coughs> I mean, we've got a job to do here, and the living word is breathing this, this to us because we're partnering with God, and we've got to be um, a this-is-that people who, who can perceive what's happening real time and immediately access the meaning of it in the scripture. I think that's from a, from a thou shalt, you've hidden that in your heart so you don't sin and miss the mark. Anytime there's a move of the spirit, there are so many ways you can miss the mark. Look at the the guys who had the strange fire. Yeah. Was running around gathering up. God showed what that was like if you do that. Um, but but also a legality. Uh, the enemy will always contest what God's doing, and we we have to be able to say, "Thus says the Lord," or "Thus said the Lord." This is this is what He said, <clears throat> which is exactly what Jesus did in the wilderness with Him. And if Jesus had to do it, who are we to say, "Well, I'm here for the Father's business. I don't need to know that." Yeah, you do. Well, I think that that's, that's why I was asking, because I, I do. I want to understand the delineation between those things. And 
the glory comes to to cover and to protect those that are partnering with him. But, all, you know, there's just so many instances in the Bible where his presence manifests, you know, the transfiguration. Yeah. Where I, I've just always been fascinated by, okay, that was the Holy Spirit or, you know, the baptism when he comes up and the dove comes. You know, there's just so many different ways, I guess, to interpret that. Yeah. But it's all God. Some of, some of them, it doesn't specify exactly which factor is operation. But, and we have to be careful, I have to be careful not to attribute um, things that aren't specifically mentioned yeah. by the scripture. Yeah, and I'm not pressing no, that. No, 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 no. But, but you can, <clears throat> you, if, you know, if you know biblically the factors... Then when something happens, like what you just mentioned, you can see the the nuances of it. And it all makes sense to you. And I guess you interpret it, too, through the word, through the understanding of the word. So if it's the presence in it, translates as panin or panin, meaning the turning of his face. Or, mm-hmm. or if it's the glory, which is the kavod, or yeah. the weightiness. That was what was really strange about that <coughs> thing about uh, the glory departed, mm-hmm. which is is that Ichabod? Which, which is apocalypto. It's the you know it's what the spirit used when he when he quoted when John quoted that uh-huh. he used that same when he quoted it he he used apocalypto, but in in Isaiah it was Gala, and that business about Ichabod. Where, where she said the glory has departed, um, uh, that, that, that's very interesting because, um, you know, there's two factors there. This woman recognizes that Israel is now out of the business of demonstrating the mystery of God. And because of that, there's no glory covering them which is very interesting. So you've got the revelation and then the glory that officiates and empowers the revelation. Mm. So that in itself was a, is a big biblical clue as to how you go from the, the, the overall measure of revelation into the empowerment of the glory which is very, very interesting to me. That is a big clue. And then I remembered while I, while I was speaking up there, I thought of this earlier, but I, I almost said to you, this, is, this, is a, a, this is, should be part of your book on the, on the garments mm. because, you know, that, that glory it was gone for um, Adam and Eve, which is why they covered themselves with the leaves and and hid themselves. Everything they did there as a result of their disobedience is clearly defined, if you're looking at it, as what uh, as the antithesis well that's not a good word as a substitute for what people who are really partnering with God's mystery in his face would do. You know? I, I'm hearing from the Lord. I'm doing this bit by bit by Him. 
uh, his covering is upon me. Um, I am uh, I am moving on his behalf as opposed to somebody that says I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, I I want the easy path. Yeah. Uh, so I'm which is what they were path. saying. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 just very interesting. But the Ichabod thing. There's there's uh, uh, Eli's daughter-in-law, and she's saying, you know, I got this child. The, the ark is gone. You guys have really muffed it up. And um, the the mystery, the partnership with the mystery is over. That's the Old Testament gala. It is departed. And therefore, there's no glory on us to demonstrate what God would want to do. Very interesting. And then the David thing. David, yeah. Where he's coming back in and he dances off mm -hmm. his clothes, which is what he should do because... When the ark is in the right place, then you've got a covering and you're naked and not ashamed. That's really good. That's, it's that's such amazing, a great connection. It? Yeah, that's such a great connection. But that's connection. the word. We just haven't put two and two together with it. So it's the spirit. How many times have you taught on that? How many times have I taught on it? And the spirit says now, okay, look at this factor. It's really clear, but it really explains everything. So it wasn't him just saying, I'll be more vile than this to his goofy wife who was peering out the window yelling at him. <laughs> I'll be more vile than this. Uh, it, it was, hey, you know what? I need the glory on me. This is what's required. Yeah. And this ark, the most important thing about that ark coming back in was for the people to be able to participate in God's mystery again. And, you know, you can connect this with, you know, Dagon, the Philistine being that supposedly looked like a fish. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you have an idol of a fish. Maybe it's standing up like incredible Mr. Limpet, you know, from Don Knotts. It, it falls over. It, it, in front of the ark and that that's really interesting because why of all the other deity, demonic deities that were worshipped like Baal and um, you know Molech and all those ones that represent other measures of um, of the demonic fallen kingdom would the one that the Bible says fell over in the face of the ark was was the one that meant arguably the most to the people the prosperity and the fish and you know fishers of men I will make you fishers of men um, that symbolism there is that Christ even the the symbol of the fish is Christ um, that I'm not trying I, I haven't really processed this through but it's there anyway that um, the people that are really supposed to be partnering with this ark are to be sons. They're to be as anointed sons. And here's this demonic um, representation that would be the substitute for that in the demonic realm is falling on his face before the ark. <laughs> That's just great to me. Oh, man, the word is so great, isn't it? I love the word. But, you know, as much as I've loved the word all my life, 
there's nothing to compare with the presence of the Lord coming and showing you something in His Word that is a meat, that is beyond, as wonderful as the common understanding is. These kinds of things, it's like a treasure. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's not like a treasure, it is a treasure. But it's preparing us for what's here. And wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, we've uh, we got to hit the ground running here, didn't we? <laughs> Somebody sent me a meme yesterday. It was of it was like two two frames and the top frame was this guy, this little cartoon guy, and he was on his knees and he had his hands raised up to heaven in the little bubble it says, Lord, please give me a word. And then the next little frame, it's the same little guy on his knees, and you see this hand coming from heaven with a Bible and he's handing him a Bible. I thought that's so appropriate. You know, people are just begging the Lord to, to to give them words and speak prophetically over them. And God's just trying to hand us his Bible and say, open it, read it. My mystery is in there. And also pray. But <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah, that is, that is good. Um, <clears throat> well, it's... In the midst of all of this, and then even even the stuff about um, times in the Bible where God's presence came down in a big way, and how that you know it was at that point where He was communing with Himself and with, in some cases, individuals who would represent Him, and then him declaring the plan of how he's going to deal with the demonic and then cataclysmic things happen. Um, And, you know, I was wondering as I was looking at that, you know, Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. That was a marked shift for the people. But the actual destruction didn't come until after, you know, Isaiah's ministry um, concluded. And I think that it was, that to me shows that whatever God was doing through Isaiah was going to be the extension of the laws of that visitation. But then the destruction came. And even, even with Isaiah, the northern kingdom was already screwed. They had already left. They, they were already being decimated by Assyria. And I think, I think that this visitation that God's pouring out here in, in this particular time where he's coming, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but we're sure, we're sure it's starting to get, you know, here in Texas, 
you know, sometimes we'll get a big gust of wind in, in the heat and we'll feel cool wind and we'll know, okay, it still looks hot, the ground's still hot, but something's coming. I think we're these things that we're feeling right now are just breezes of what's coming. Um, and how long will it last? As long as what God has ordained for us to do is going to last. But then it's coming. And, and I think, you know, that Isaiah thing right there, um, or you can even go back to, to Noah, or you can go back to Babel, um, or any other number of instances. You have a lot of darkness moving around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now the church is fleeing. So you're talking about the North and South Kingdom. The Northern Kingdom progressivism mm -hmm. and it's it's already gone it's already partnering with your eyes wide open um, but God's coming and he's already arriving and we have a job to do this breakthrough this window that will we got to work for the night is coming how many times has god been this sprinkling his scripture saying this is where it is um we need to really embrace him and pray in the spirit and wait on him and um because that's that's really where we are so interesting the great end time move of the spirit which we've all looked for we said it's coming the, we've seen visions of it you know the presence and the glory coming upon neighborhoods where people will fall out what is that for and I always wondered about that with that happening how then do you ever take the next step into the beast, the false prophet, the antichrist. Mm -hmm. How in the world do you do that? And this, to some degree, explains some of that. Because the visitation of God, God is walking among us, looking at what's here. You know, shall I hide from Abram this thing that I'm going to do? Should I'm, I, I feel that it's time to take him under the casa and to discuss this. And then whether there are 50, if there are 20, and, but the angels are already on the way. God is telling him what's going to happen. There really isn't any negotiation. Well, there is negotiation, but it's really not negotiation. It really isn't, because it's a done deal. <laughs> you know, you think about it. Um, did, did, he, did he find the people that would save that? No. He gets Lot and his crew out. Well, three of them out. Um, That's right. He burned the whole place. Yeah. <coughs> Never thought about that. Route when God was talking to Abram. Yeah, but there's still, I still have to believe that in the midst of... I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of a hard blanket thing to say. Because you think about the Nakam and about... The repent, you know, when God repents, or when He He sighs that breath of of 
partnership for restoration, but it's a grieving for him. And yet he calls us to partner with him in the midst of that. And so I I really just, I really want to believe that there is, it's not that we negotiate with God, but I think our intercession, um, or else why would they have even used that in scripture as an example for us? Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking back over this. Uh, I mean, sometimes, just like right now, we're getting a lot of insight as that is prolific at this moment. But it, in reality, it's what's already been happening that led up to this point. Right. And, um, and I, I think that in the casa of the Lord, which is the word that's used, mm-hmm. um, Abram is gaining a revelation of something that he really hadn't contemplated. I'm sure he knew his nephew was living in a vile place. He had to know that. But but was God saying, yes, I will save them? Just God demonstrating his his mercy to say that, yes, if there are, I will? Yeah, he was just saying, because it goes from 50 to 30 to 20 to 10. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And um, Abram returned into his place. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening and saw Lot sitting in the gate. Um, Maybe at that time, God was giving a last second appeal Mm -hmm. to 10. No, no, we don't know. It's it's kind of crazy the way the scripture speaks about. No, the scripture's not crazy. But there is indication that these daughters of Lot had already had foes or people that they were betrothed to, even though he offers them up to those vagabonds as. Uh, women that had no men. Take my daughters, please. Um, but where were these ten coming from? Where, where would these ten have been? Maybe there were people on that night that the Spirit of the Lord was speaking to because that agreement was made. But during the time of this discussion, the two angels, you read it, they already had their they fire. Already they already gone. had their matches, boys. They were already gone. Yeah, I just I guess I just have to believe that even where we are today, in the midst of our intercession, I know that we do I know okay. that there's a measure of intercession that goes up that that there will be repentance, there will be yeah. a turning, that that the the people of the land will repent and turn. And so, but only God knows that. But God does know that because he knows the end from the beginning. So, but for us as intercessors, it's, it was very gracious of the Lord to show his kindness in that, that says, yeah, if, if, if I can find five or 10, I can't remember what the bottom number was, 10, I'll save them. But would that mean he would have saved the whole city? Well, I think what it meant was that he wouldn't shower down the brimstone and the fire. He would have dealt with them in another way, maybe? Well, he would have tried to. Yeah. But 
you can yeah. see even the reaction. You've got angels there. Yeah. Angels. How many people came to our seminars because they wanted to feel an angel? You got angels there. And these yahoos are so wicked. They want the angels so that they can engage in That's disgusting. acts. That's so disgusting. So here's the presence of God. And what's the effect it's having on those? Well, there's virtually no, no, um, no reverence for holiness. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't really know how to express that, but you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, there's no. <coughs> Somehow with this big visitation of the, of God. You still have to, we still have to recognize that it does not change the things that we read about concerning the end. Right. It's still going to happen. We're not going to change the story. You know, even after the enemy has been in, 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 the, uh, in chains for a thousand years, as soon as that enemy is released... The people follow him. People of the earth follow him as the sands of the sea and surround the camp of the saints. Mm -hmm. A thousand years. That's a long time. So the power of wickedness is just so... so inebriating. And um, we, we have to... we have to just recognize that Keep ourselves covered and uh, uh, appreciate the, f the factors of war. Um, even, you know, like in battling the enemy, you know, some of the things that we've studied about in the past were Michael contesting over the body of Moses would not engage the enemy. Or even in Zechariah, where the the famous, the Lord rebuke you, kind of a thing. The brand plucked from the fire, the Lord rebuke you. I think we, we've got to, we've got to recognize that factor too in dealing with the enemy. Because there are some things that only the sword of the Lord God can contest, and he doesn't need our help there. We've just no chit, no chat today. Some of you probably find that very refreshing, and I found this refreshing. But um, now we come down to business. Was there anything we needed to to uh, proclaim, or anything we needed to announce in the waning moments of this? <coughs> No, I, I mean, I, you mentioned the seminar, and I, I do know that that time is going to quickly approach. And I, I just cannot believe it. And so now's the time to start making your plans, to start. Um, don't hedge. Don't hesitate. And start getting, start praying about it, not whether or not you're going to come or not. Start just preparing your heart for for 
this gathering that's going to be in his presence. And I'm sure that we're going to be having some some more specified prophetic prayer times leading up to that that will be more directed yeah. just to, to prepare us for that gathering. But we, We've got to have that, and then we also have talked about this, so don't anybody write to either of us and say, how is this going to work? We've got to figure out what God wants, and when it comes time, we'll let you know. But we've got to have some, some serious... Numaticos um, prayer focuses ongoing. Um, you know, I, I said on Sunday uh, about uh, our attempt to reserve that theater in Sao Paulo. And, um, and what we finally had to do to get it secured. How many times did we say leading up to that that we, we saw things being blocked? Things that should not be blocked are blocked, not only about Brazil, but in other factors. And we said, we've got to be, uh, we've got to be praying uh, about that and to negate these strategies of the enemy. Um, you know, it's like what the Apostle Paul said about, you know, this great door is open, but there are many adversaries. Uh, pray. He said, pray. Why was he saying pray? Because those adversaries have to be dealt with when it comes to very strategic measures of divine appointment. And, um, and, and we, we need to have specified prayer for um, uh, several tactical aspects um, and so we've got to be putting that together too so just be be aware that that's coming and uh, we'll let you know when we've got something going but for now you need to be presenting yourselves before the Lord to say whenever this comes I'm ready whenever it comes that's not the time to say, am I willing to do it? <coughs> do I have the time to do it? Oh, I don't think that's for me. Um, get, get before the Lord now so that when it comes, you can say, you know, what, what if Isaiah would have said that? You know, who will go for me? Who can I send? Who will go for me? Well, let me pray about it for a few minutes, Lord. Let me pray about it. Well, he was just dead set in the center of the presence of the Lord, which we can be too. As we are now. As we are now. Here am I. Yep. I will go for you. Yep. Send me. Yeah, that's 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 that is one of I think my top top favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Yeah. That whole that chapter. That whole scenario. Wow. So powerful. You know, and again, I think that the, the thing that's so amazing to me <coughs> is whether it's that or whether it's Noah or whether it's what God did at um, uh, Babel or any number of other places. As we look at them, and those are examples for us. Why? Because that's the way God is. That's the way God moves. And that's what's doing. he's doing now. Amen. Very, very interesting. Help us, Lord, to be 
willing and obedient and ready to say yes. Well, we still have four minutes left. This is good. Um, we are, uh, we are looks at, people always ask, what are the dates of the seminar? You know, I can look at any calendar, both in March or in September, and just looking at the calendar, I can tell what days the seminars are. And we ought to be able to do that right now. So I'm just going to pull up the calendar right now. Well, incidentally, I looked it up because somebody asked me last week, Pastor Levester, mm -hmm. and I went on the website, and it was not on there. Well, I probably haven't put it up yet, but but it was on the last seminar when when people were here because it's March 14th through 18th. Okay, we need to get it the the website we'll updated. We'll yeah. do it. And just for those of you who care, in September. It will be September 12th through 16th. So, yeah, we've, we've got to start advertising. Um, maybe I need to send out an email to people. Well, it's just funny because people ask me, and I think, well, it's on the website. And then I went on the website because I didn't, I, I wanted to make yeah. sure I had the right dates, that I told them the right dates. and. <laughs> and I pulled it up and it wasn't on there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, these are busy days ahead for us. But thank God we can be busy. You so, said September 12th? Yeah, it'll be that. Okay. It'll be that. I'm putting it down so when people ask me. It'll be that week. <clears throat> um, anyway, okie doke. It's uh, time for us to say, now it's time to say goodbye to all God's family. Thanks for joining us. May God bless you. And we'll look forward to whatever the Lord wants to share tomorrow with Wednesday Night Live. Don't forget that the, um, is the first Saturday up on the website? Mm -hmm. See, I don't ever look on the website. Well, and it's sent you out sent via email. So I read it directly. It's sent out via email too, so it yeah. makes it super easy for people to access. We try to. So take 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 a look at it. See if it speaks some words to you. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day, and we will be again together soon. <laughs>